imagine sitting in the park in the heat Stomach empty, starving to eat Palms are sweaty, heart starting to beat About to get beheaded cause you didn't take the mark of the beast Bill Gates doesn't care about black teens He's trying to alter our DNA by giving us vaccines These elite Satanists are the psychoists They preparing our bodies to accept the microchip Can you imagine walking into a Wells Fargo Not being able to withdraw money because you ain't got a barcode your right hand or your forehead if you don't take the mark of the beast you're gonna fall to the floor dead head cut off bodies squirming our own government acting like nazi germans they want us to live in fear filled with uncertainty one world government under one currency i can categorically say that this is end times this virus is breaking us down just like an enzyme there's pedophiles leaving men and women childrenless these politicians are dummies and the devil's a ventriloquist Stemming from Epstein's Island Gavin Newsom ain't your governor He's a tyrant He took away everything That makes us happy and vibrant And put a mask on us To keep us silent Can you imagine sitting in the park in the heat Stomach empty Starving to eat Palms are sweaty Heart starting to beat About to get beheaded Cause you didn't take the mark of the beast Bill Gates doesn't care about black teens He's trying to alter our DNA By giving us vaccines These elite Satanists Are the psychoists to accept the microchip. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Josh and Jason Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast Show. I am your host, Josh Monday. If you don't know me, I'm a Christian rapper, devoted husband, father, and army veteran. And I'd like to introduce you to my co-host. He's a Christian, devoted husband, and father. What's up, Jason? What's up, man? How you doing? How's everybody out there? Uh, God bless everybody. And uh, I'm uh, I'm ready to go right now. Let's uh, let's hit this uh, running. And I want to hear what I want to hear about this because. Uh, I really didn't understand it too much when I when I was listening to some of the stuff that you put out, Howard. So, I would I would like to uh, get some uh, good feedback on what's going on. Sure, it's always in a state of trying to make it more simple. Yep. for sure. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, guys, I like I like to introduce you to our guests. We'd like to thank Ken Amney. Thank you so much for um for Shalom. giving us yes, Howard De La Cruz Bancroft. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for uh, having me on, guys. No problem. We appreciate you coming on. Um, and guys, uh, we always like to start out with a verse most of the time, most of our shows. So uh, this is going to be, um, it's going to be kind of long, guys. But hey, you know what? Let's do this. Uh, it's going to be Genesis 3, verses 1 through 8. I believe this kind of goes with, uh, hopefully I understood what Howard was trying to say. <laughs> I think this kind of goes with what, what he was, what he's going over. Um, so uh, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast in the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the women, ye hath God said, and ye shall not eat at every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it. Neither shall ye touch it, ye sh- or, or lest ye, ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die, for God doth not... Uh, doth know that in the day ye eat thereof then your eyes shall be open and ye shall be as gods knowing good and evil and and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired therefore one wise she took of the fruit thereof and and did eat it 
um, and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her. And he, and he did eat and the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed, they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of, of, of Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves among the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So um, hopefully that kind of goes with uh, the virus that we, you're going to kind of go into. So we're going to have Howard kind of go over to uh, something called the vice theory. Okay, guys, uh, it's going to be super interesting. And Howard, if you can introduce yourself, kind of tell the tell our audience, um, you know, kind of what you told me before the show started. I'm, I'm, Sure. So I currently uh, was doing research at Los Alamos National Labs. Um, I had a small cybersecurity contract and I was a supercomputing challenge coach and mentor. Um, that's a program that the DOE, Department of Energy, had set up so they can help high schools, high schoolers learn and have access to the resources at Los Alamos, the supercomputers. Uh, not just a regular computer project, but one with incredible intense processing and memory. Um, and so I parlayed my security clearance and my access to be able to speak to scientists. And I used this supercomputing challenge project as a springboard for a lot of questions that I had and things that I was personally interested. I feel like the Lord had worked that out so that all of these things kind of came together. And uh, so my background is, just to go over quickly, as we talked about, is I used to be an Air Force chaplain. And uh, I always tell people I have the worst mother-in-law story. And they always tell me, no, no, I have the worst mother-in-law story. And I said, well, okay, mine is that my uh, in-laws came to take my children who were five and a half and one on a vacation and never brought them back. So mm. took 10 years in court and uh, spent all my money, had to resign my commission. So I uh, entered the military in 82 and resigned my commission in 89. And uh, after those 10 years, I ended up even litigating all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court on an interlocutory appeal. So I ended up having to do a lot of the litigation myself, which then God used as a way to get me involved in politics because politics got involved with me because her uh, father uh, went to school with a U.S. senator. And the saying is probably true in New Mexico, as it is in other places, places it isn't what you know, but who you know. And uh, it definitely. wasn't until the governor appointed me to the board of psychologist examiners in New Mexico, and then the former wife's husband was a psychologist who had a complaint pending before him. And even though I, uh, we operated as, as administrative judges uh, in disciplinary action, so even though I would have recused myself, it uh, frightened them that much that then they were willing to concede all the points uh, and then the case got resolved. But at that point, then my kids were already older. My daughter was 15 and a half and my boy was already 11 and uh, a lot of damage had been done. And that was many years ago. The, the kids were abducted in 1986. Wow. So I have a daughter that's she's 40, 41 now. And a boy that's, um, 
he was he's 36 he will be 37 and i have a seven i got remarried in 2002 to my lovely wife now we've known each other we met at a bibles uh, plus bookstore on christmas eve in 1998 and i uh, got married in 2002 and i have a 17 year old daughter and an 18 year old daughter so um, I ended up teaching at a college, teaching computers, because that was my background trade when I left the military. So that's how I, I, I look at myself as, as having like three careers. Uh, you know, I was in the military as a chaplain. Uh, I was an educator in the university and teaching computers. And then I've been involved uh, in research at Los Alamos part time on and off. And so that's how I ended up there. So when you ask me, you know, are you a scientist? Um, I'm a researcher, which means that I work with other scientists who are there, though all the PhDs. As you know, Los Alamos was the place where the atomic bomb was made, created. Alamos, there, yeah. Yeah, there are more there are more PhDs per square mile there than any place in the world. So yeah. it's a very interesting place. I actually lived there for a while. Um, but uh I think God has given me insight into some questions I have. And what I'm here is to share with you some of that, the results of some of that research. Well, thank you for your service. Did you see any aliens or UFOs at Los Alamos? <laughs> the only kidding. aliens I see around here are undocumented ones. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm totally uh, joking, bro. Have you, ever heard of, have you ever heard of Forrest Fenn out in, in New Mexico? He has like a, he has um, his own, oh, he, I think he passed away, but he, he, he wrote a book and he hit a treasure. And uh, oh yeah, was, yeah, I heard about that story. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. Uh, he was from there. I guess, it, I guess it was in New Mexico, it was found in New Mexico, I think it was. So that's, that's. Uh, the treasure was found, wasn't it? Like in Montana someplace? Yes, there you go. Yeah, it was. He had his, uh, I, I forgot, he had a Santa Fe uh, art gallery. That's what he had. Yeah, yeah. He was an interesting guy, but New Mexico has a lot of interesting stuff. It's 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 pretty crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, weirdness here, and yeah, uh, that you know. But every place has it. it you just yeah. have to be able to <laughs> recognize it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Howard. Well, let's get into this. I would like to hear about the 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 vice theory and everything that you've researched. I mean, I, I would love to hear about it. I got to hear yeah. a little bit about it, but let's go. Let, let, uh, Howard, did you come up with this vice theory? Uh, theory or did it uh was it uh is it is it new it, or is it something that it uh it is based on questions i had my entire life mm -hmm. so i like most people had questions um i was raised um in the military my dad was in the army and then the air force he retired so i grew up in military chapels and uh it was kind of an interdenominational setting even though i was raised roman catholic but it wasn't like a regular um, a regular Roman Catholic church because there weren't all statues and icons and it was very plain. And as you know, you were in the military. You were, you remember what chapels were like. Oh, they're pretty, sure, yeah. they're pretty it's basic. Because, it's because they have to, they have to have every single uh, denomination come in and, you know, they have to have the Muslim, the Christian, the, I don't know about it, how it was back then, but I know how it is now. Our chapels yeah. just like, you have to have all, you know, universal religion there now. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit it's a little bit different. I think it's not as uh, I'm not really sure uh, talking to some of my chaplain friends because I'm not in anymore. But 
there is uh, there is definitely a bias and a prejudice, I think, all over the world against evangelical Christianity. I think that's pretty much obvious. And yeah. uh, that is happening in the military now, too, as well, unfortunately. Yes, I agree 100 percent. So, yeah, let me let me jump in and tell you how this happened. So, you know, growing up, I had questions about God. And, you know, I wanted to know a lot of things that people ask. And one of the big questions was, you know, if God is good and he's loving and kind, why is there disease and why is there sickness and why is there evil and why is there killings and murders and war? And I never did get what I thought was an adequate answer uh, to those questions. And so... I went out to try to understand, uh, you know, did God make evil uh, or did God put a mechanism in place? How does this work? And I have not until what I have come to understand, I call it the vice theory, which is a V-I-C-E, which is a virus in the code of everything. And vice is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that in this world now, people are aware there's bad things. But when people talk about God, they usually say God's a, you know, God loves you. God's a God of love and all of that's true. Uh, but also they don't talk much about hell or damnation or judgment or anything like that because they don't want to offend people or scare people away. But my question was, you know, where did this come from? And will this search for understanding about how bad things happen will that help me understand about god who he is and so part of my research or belief let's say is that everything all truth is god's truth if uh, one plus one is two or you combine hydrogen and oxygen and you can make water molecules from that, two parts of hydrogen and one part oxygen. Uh, that's true. That means that that's God is in charge of all of this truth. Yeah. And so the, what led me then is to try to figure out what is wrong with the world at a scientific level. In other words, we talk about evil mm -hmm. and we have a discussion of morality. But if I asked you, give me a scientific definition of evil, explain to me what is a science base for evil, I think that'd be complicated for most people. I don't think they would really have a good way to explain it. Yeah. And, and that's... There'd be like a whole bunch of psychology stuff they'd have to probably mix into have an actual definition of it, right? Yeah, they talk about morality or they talk about yeah. ethics or they talk about legal basis. Uh, but I said, no, no, what about science? Is yeah. there some way to look under a microscope and know what is evil and know what is good? And that's intriguing, okay. don't you think? Yeah, that's very interesting for sure. Yeah, yeah, very, that's, uh, so, that's so I started to do some research. And I think, Jason, you're right. Some of the things that led me to this discussion are complicated. If you're going to use an electron microscope, 
and you're going to look at a one nanometer square of graphene. That's 100 atoms length and width. It's a two-dimensional layer. There's no height to it. It's just a single atomic layer. If you're going to start with that as the basis for your research, you're already going to lose some people because they're like, that, you know, that doesn't really connect with them. But I had to have that as the basis because that's where science, and um, I do this thing with my kids. I Ever since I raised them, I taught them things. Uh, what is the definition of science? And I'm, I, I think I can remember the sign language, but science is that which is reproducible in a controlled environment with measurable and predictable results. So that's what science is. You have to be able to reproduce it and it has to be in a controlled environment and you have to be able to measure it. Well, anytime you start, start with that as your premise, you're gonna lose some people. But to try to make this more simple, I said, well, what about is the Bible a book that talks about scientific things? In other words, can we trust that the Bible explains things in a way that is not violating science? Now, I don't mean science theory. I mean just something that you can reproduce. Yeah. So we know that there are certain theories. Evolution is a theory because we don't see any transformational life forms from one species. And the Bible talks about kind to another. So we don't see any transformational life forms from a dog to a cat or from a mammal to a reptile. Yeah. But they have this theory and they try to base it on things that are science, things that they can reproduce with a controlled environment with measurable results. But mm -hmm. I wanted to stick to something that was, they call it corporeal, meaning it's physically, you can see it, you can measure it. And so I started to look through the Bible and in Genesis 2.17, it says, uh, and God's talking to Adam, that in the day that he uh, eats of the tree of good and evil, mm -hmm. that he will surely die. It was right before the verses that you read. Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, what is death and what is life? So I thought, you know, maybe evil and maybe good and maybe life and maybe death, maybe there's a connection. Well, I started looking at things under electron microscope and I started seeing a very strange phenomenon. There's a lot of asymmetry. And asymmetry is things that are not geometrically, they're not synchronized, they're not equally distanced on all edges. Mm. They're things that are slightly twisted. There's a curve to them. If you look at, for example, the golden ratio, you know, it looks like that and it gets wider and wider. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think I have in my background here, like this, like a snail shell or and like a, like a hurricane kind of type of thing that, that, that. Exactly. Um, you'll see that conch shell, the golden ratio. Yeah. Um, that's not perfectly symmetrical because it starts like the Fibonacci number sequence in a third, let's say the screen right here, and then it grows and it gets bigger. It doesn't start right in the center of the screen and concentric. It's off to the side. So if you look at fractals, 
Fractals are repeating geometric figures, but they're slightly twisted. And as you see, as you, uh, as you investigate more closely, you see that there is this, a, I call it asymmetry. So I started to look at things and I said, wait a minute. So there's symmetry and there's asymmetry. There's life and there's death. There's light and there's dark. There's order and there's randomness. There's harmony and there's cacophony. Then there's even further things like selfishness and selflessness. And I thought maybe all of these things are connected. Can I, can I, is there a connection? And so, you know, we have chemistry and we have biology and we have uh, engineering, we have, uh, you know, physics, we have all kinds of things. And you have other things like art and you have music and you have the law and you have philosophy and you have religion or spirituality. Are these things all connected? How are they connected? And I thought, well, I think the Bible could give us some insight. So let's go back to Genesis 2.17 and let's try to see if there is some scientific explanation for Genesis 2.17, death. Because I got this viewpoint that death might not just been for Adam, it might be everything. And as I was doing these measurements under electron microscope, working with this one nanometer square of graphene, I noticed that there was the, the edges, there's a lot of randomness, right, on the edges. Mm -hmm. And so I asked my scientist friends, I said, there's a lot of randomness, chaos, and disorder that I see easily under electron microscope at the nanometer, at the nanoscale. And I said, where does this come from? And they said, we don't know. I said, well, do we have a mathematical formula for this randomness? No, we do not. Is there an algorithm that explains this randomness? No, there is not. Hmm. They would tell me about the second law of thermodynamics that things in order tend to disorder. They talk about the Heisenberg uncertainty principle that you can't measure both velocity, direction, and speed because at any given point in time, if you measure how fast it's going, then it's moved. Uh, there's other things like uh, the butterfly effect uh, what, and uh, uh, meteorologists will say that is why they cannot predict the weather because there's too many variables. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I set about to try to make a computer simulation of the electron microscopic sample that is grown in the laboratory at Los Alamos. And I could not match these. And it not, didn't matter how many variables I put into the computer simulation model, whether it was gases, whether, whether it was pressure, whether it was electromagnetic fields, it didn't matter what it was, I could never replicate it, the defects that are in real life. Mm. And you know this because when you look at computer models uh, and even robots that we make, as realistic as we try to make them, we cannot make them look real life. We can usually tell the difference. Now there's deep yeah, fakes. Yeah. And we know that one of the things that uh, had to happen in uh, computers is they had to come up with a way to replicate all these, they call them, scientists call them variations, deviations, um, and discrepancies. Mm 
Those are, this is, that's the way science scientists describe this random chaos and disorder. So when they were first doing computers, they wanted to get uh, oceans, right? Water and coastlines and mountains and clouds. And they said, wow, how do we do this? And they came up with using the Fibonacci number sequence. And that's where fractals came from. And then there's these repeating kind of, it has a little bit of randomness in it. You know that. And yeah. now the more realistic a computer model is, is the more defects it contains. Because in real life, there's all these defects. But nobody knows where these defects come from. So what I set about to do is to find, is there some scientific basis behind these defects? And is that death? And wow. so what That's I did is I took a process that I saw in biology, something called apoptosis. It just means program cell death. You know, your DNA is shaped like a helix, right? Yeah. Yep. And in those, uh, there are amino acids, chain of amino acids. And proteins. Yep. <clears throat> and guanine, adenine, thymine, cy cytosine. Those are the, the four amino acids that are used that actually become a code-like structure. Well, as you get older, the ends of that DNA, that helix, the ends of it, those are called telomeres. Mm -hmm. And those telomeres get shorter, they get deleted, they just delete. They like evaporate, basically. They go and they're replaced with randomness, random code. So cancers, viruses, bacteria, all of this has a random code. And for me, I saw a parallel between biology and then I saw a parallel between what I was looking at under the microscope. Wow. And I, I, you know, you can call that a eureka moment, whatever, but it, the light kind of came on. I said, wait a minute, there is a process of death that's both in biological objects yeah. and yeah. the same death process appears to be in everything that's non-organic that's basically dead inanimate objects wow. so, so, Gen so i think genesis 217 all connects us to this this is this is amazing see this is a christian and conspiracy show so everything you're going over right now is 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 awesome man i like this thank you does that is that a little bit more simple simple jason uh i i'm just i'm <clears throat> so i know it's uh i i, I kind of get it now it's just i uh I just didn't think it was, uh, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. I didn't think it was, uh, that, uh, that's, that's pretty complex. Like it's, uh, I think, I think it's kind of, you could, uh, you're talking about like, kind of like writing code, right? Like that's the, the, well, this, this is what I came to the conclusion. And I think you're, you are seeing something, Jason, that the scientists did not want to see. So there's code in biology, right? They would agree, right? Yes. yes. DNA, diaribonucleic dio, dio, acid is a code, right? DNA. But they'll talk about information in things that are not living, right? When they start to measure stars and the distance, what they call it, um, the redshift that they look through spectroscopy out in space. Yes. They'll talk about, yeah, they'll talk about information. They will not talk about code. Now, yeah. there is something called Shannon coding, which is a thing that they can observe in nature that shows certain repeating 
number sequences that are coded that form geometric-like shapes. Um, but they don't want to talk about the fact that maybe this world is coded. And one of the problems why they don't want to use coding is because, go ahead, Jason. So you, so I, I would, I agree with this. I, so you would say that we're living in a simulation. So we are, we are kind of simulated. We are being, I, I, I heard something a while ago, but it's, uh, this, this guy said, okay, now imagine putting, okay. When you take, you take a microchip and you put 10 billion gigabytes or make it whatever on there, that microchip is going to weigh the same amount no matter how much you put in there. Because it's just like, it's just, it's just, inf like you said, it's information. It's in there. It doesn't get any heavier. It's kind of like your spirit is like that. So I, I, I was getting into this with somebody else about like, like, do we live in a simulation? Are, like, because like you said, we have a defect. We have a defect. It's called sin, which is could Like you said, it could be a, like a virus. And that's, that's way, uh, that's, that is interesting. I don't know if I get that part, I'm, if I'm getting it right, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm kind of trying to grasp well I have a really easy way to explain this and I almost should start with this. So <laughs> I went to release to make a world announcement on a TED talk, right? I signed yeah. up for a TED talk a year and a month ahead of time. I get these emails that said, this is your reference ID. We've received your packet of information. You provided us, we will let you know in, whether we accept you to be a speaker or in what order. We will, this is now your reference ID that we have acknowledged the reception of your packet and we know your information and we're going to consider it. So a year goes by, it's almost a month before it. And I call up the guys and I said, hey, um, what's going on with my packet? Did you guys accept it? Am I on the speaker list? What's going on? And a lady answers the phone and she goes, what is your name? So I tell her my name and the phone goes blank for 10 minutes, but I can hear in the background people talking. And she gets back on the phone and she says, are you there? I'm sure she hoped that I just hung up, right? And I go, yes, I'm still here. She goes, I am so sorry to tell you, sir. Now, I don't know what her facial features were like because I could only hear her, but this is my um, expression is she says, I am so sorry, sir, but we have no information on you. I go, you have no information on me. I go, I'll send you the emails you sent me. Yeah. She goes, no, sir, I don't think you understand, but we have no information on you, but you can apply again next year. And I thought, well, that's weird. That's did, weird. Like, why would you? Question? Howard, did you, did you, in, in your packet, did you compare everything you were going over with the Bible in any way? Like, no, did you? No, no. Okay. Uh -uh. It was all scientific. I only, I only talked all about the simulation theory so okay. jason to address your i address the simulation theory okay okay cool 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 and, and but my my viewpoint was going to be there's a virus in the information that makes the simulation mm. that's all that i was going to talk about yeah. um because that's my claim to fame i am the only person that i know of you know what elijah god did tell him there's seven thousand prophets haven't bowed their knee the, uh, to Baal. Uh, maybe there's 7,000 guys out there that know this. I don't know. I, I searched YouTube. I searched Google all the time. Um, I listen to Stephen Myers, guys, you know, intelligent design guys, a signature in the, in the cell. Oh, I read, I'm, I'm an, an avid reader and consumer of scientific yeah. information. My algorithm on YouTube is all, <laughs> I get all the latest 
stuff. You ask my kids, what does dad do for fun? He watches and listens and he likes science shows. Like that's for fun for me. You know, I, 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 I like that. So it was totally opposite, but we love it though. Yeah. So do you believe, do you believe that we live in a simulation? Do you, because I think well, I started to define that though. That's the problem is when you define a simulation, it can be very misunderstood because crazy. go ahead. This the show's going into a crazy zone. I like it. I, I just I and when I was listening to your stuff, I didn't even get the simulation part. Jason, I'm glad you caught that. Because well, if you think about it, okay, God, God is God can't be surprised. He 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 already knows what's going to happen. You're already uh, elected. If it would just something like that, you would say, if uh, you accept Jesus Christ as your savior, and if you if you believe he died for your sins and he died on the cross and he, and he rose in three days and according to the scripture, so. If your choice, I look at this way, your choices you make, you know, will affect your, your destiny, but is your destiny already predestinated, you know, because it's just, you're simulating, you're, you're doing what you're doing, what God's will. If, if you're, if you're into God, you're going to, you want to do his, uh, you pray to do his will and he, he starts working through you, but you, sometimes you veer off, like you said, like the virus hits you and, and, and that's the sin that gets you. Makes you want to, you know, see, I, I, it's, I have a defect. Josh has a defect. Everyone has a defective sin. It's, it's, it's like, I'm a murderer. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rapist. I'm a killer. I just choose not to do that because it's, 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 it's in my code, but it's, uh, I just choose not to do it. Well, I, I say there's a virus in your code. So originally you weren't programmed with a virus. Yes. So here's, here's what happened after I had that experience with the people at Ted talk. Um, I, I, I read a lot about famous people and scientists and, uh, I came to the conclusion. I prayed about it. And the Lord said, I want you to now develop this as science fiction. I want you to do books and I want you to do movies. And I go, wow, that is so cool. You're going to have to help me. So he gave me this entire plot explanation. And I use this now when I walk onto university campuses, I just walk on there. I walk in the lunchrooms uh, and I say, hey, I wrote a couple of books. We're turning them into movies. They're going to be science fiction movies. Can I run the plot by you? Well, there's not a kid alive that you say that to that's going to be like, oh, yeah, dude, I don't want to know about movies and science fiction. I'm, you know, I go to a university. Why would I? they all like, oh, yeah, tell us. And I like to have about 10 of them in, you know, at the lunchroom. And I said, well, so there's this universal programmer and he programs these worlds, these realms. And there is a trusted messenger who's very close to him who one day sees this universal programmer programming these worlds, these realms. And he tells him, I want the code that you use because the code that you gave me is a limited code. In, in technical terms, it's called reduced instruction set. It's a risk code. It's very small. And he goes, I want the code you use because it has good and evil in it. And you gave me only goody two-shoe code. <laughs> and the universal programmers tell him, dude, you can't handle the code. And he says, why not? He says, because we're the programmers and it has good and evil, but it has, that's only a potential. And if you don't know anything about potential energy, here's a little watch here. 
Uh, if you try to grab this watch and the watch falls, that potential energy becomes kinetic. I didn't make the watch fall. You tried to grab it and the potential became kinetic. And he says, it has a safety mechanism. This is the universal programmers telling this high messenger. It has a safety mechanism in it that prevents it from being misused. And if you try to access that, it releases a virus into the code and it will destroy everything that it touches at that point, kind of like the Midas touch. Yeah. And, you, and you will become corrupted and die. Well, first of all, the messenger didn't know anything about what death is any more than Adam and Eve knew about death. Mm -hmm. So that's something that most people don't think about. He says, well, I don't care. I want that code. Well, he is, for whatever reason, allowed to access the code. And sure enough, the virus becomes released and he becomes corrupted. He's also then allowed to go to different realms and test these prototype beings to see if they will buy into his scheme, which is maybe these prototype beings might be able to access that source code and not be completely corrupted like he is. And of all the realms that exist, if you've ever seen the Lego world, there's the Western world and there's all the different worlds, right? Mid Middle Earth world. Mm -hmm. Out of all of these realms, only one planet realm do these prototype beings stupid enough to buy into this stick from this guy, this messenger, and think that they can access this good and evil code, but what they don't understand because they don't know what death is, the code doesn't just start to corrupt them. They were in charge of everything. They were in charge of all forces, all particles, all fields at that point, everything as far as they could see was within their realm of authority. Now this virus is not only in them, it is in everything. And that's it's Adam and Eve right there. Yeah. So, then I'll, so I, I don't tell them, I don't tell them that though. I know, just, just okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm okay, sorry. so the universal programmers knew this was gonna happen and they tell the two prototype beings, they said, we knew this would happen, but we have a plan. One of us is going to come into the program where you live and bring the antivirus. And you have to swap out your old operating system for the new one that we give you. It's going to be a selfless love-based one, whereas the one you have now is corrupted. It's selfish. It's self-preserving. It's self-defensive. It's self and if you do that, you will have uh, permeability, and you'll be able to pass through the last virus filter, which is death, because you're going to die. And that's going to be the way that we take all of this kinetic evil and put it back in Pandora's box and put it back in the potential state that put it back into what science called homeostasis and equilibrium. And on the other side of that virus filter, you have superpowers. And the kids go, superpowers? Yeah, you walk on water, you walk through walls and doors, you multiply food, you access, um, you can heal, you can access through portals, you can ascend. And, and, and they go, wow, that is so cool. I go, yeah, has there ever been a historical figure that claimed to have those abilities? And invariably there's one there who will go, Jesus? And I go, whoa, dude. You just blew my mind. 
are you saying that Jesus is a universal programmer? <laughs> and, I, and they just look at you. They, do, they listen to the entire story. They heard it all. Now they will never see the Bible different. They will never see it without understanding it like this. And it makes complete sense to them. And I said, and then those people who don't accept, don't get their operating system swapped, they have to be quarantined because they can't pass through the virus filter because the code for that permeability is super small. And that filter captures that code that's too big and it quarantines them. And of course that's like hell, but literally that just blows their minds. And I think this is the most amazing thing, obviously. The, this movie, I have seven of these books on this side and I have seven on the other side. I, I have an understanding of heaven in a way that is completely virus-free. There's no violence. There's no immorality. There's none of those qualities of selfishness in a whole other world. But we will be able to do, what did Jesus say? Greater works would you do because I go to my father? What did he do? He manipulated quantum particles. He took hydrogen and oxygen and he put them in a lattice so it formed a crystal-like electromagnetic field that supported aggregate gravitational pressures so you could walk on it. Same thing ice does, but he did it at room temperatures. He's able to change his molecular structure, the electron field, so he could pass right through a solid object, just like radio waves pass through a solid object. He could do multiply food the same way when we split an atom, when we multiply that energy, but he did it with matter. I mean, there's so many, it's all science in the sense that God's truth is, is truth for everything. It can be explained. It doesn't take away from the amazing qualities that exist. It's still true and it's still amazing, but yet I can explain it in a way that someone could understand it. Now, first of all, I just want to say this when scientists, uh, come to Jesus or come to God or, or, or convert, it, it, it always makes me super, super happy and super excited. Um, I like it, man. And I do listen to scientists that uh, like, you know, I do my, my algorithm in YouTube. Sometimes I listen to scientists that, that, you know, convert to Christianity. Cause I love that. And a lot of, I think a lot of some scientists that start studying DNA, I heard that a lot of scientists convert because they study DNA so much. And then they see how, intricate it is and and that how god made it and they know that there has to be a creator so i just love that it, it's it's tough when i hear do, so know a lot of scientists try to say put god down and say that god doesn't exist or say the big bang theory and all that so i love where you're going with with, with this though howard thank you so howard your goal is to reach the techie new age kids that you know sit on fortnite all night long and, and instead of maybe if they can take their mind off of that stuff for a while, you know, cause when I was a kid, I used to love comic books and to this day, I still watch shows and stuff like that. And it's, and it's, 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 it's cool to me when I see stuff like that. But if you're explaining this, some, I get it. I understand that. So this generation Z, this, these kids, they don't want to read Bibles. They don't want to sit down and understand this type of stuff. And when you put it, through, you filter the Bible through that and you're doing it for good and you're not trying to do it for, you're not trying to uh, take anything away from the Bible. You're not trying to take anything away from, uh, from the scripture. You're just trying to filter it in a way where they can understand it. I think it's pretty cool. I like we're it. The, I'm telling you, Howard, we're doing the same exact thing with the audience that we have because we take, uh, 
a conspiracy and we relate it to the Bible. So we're just taking some conspiracy minded people related to the Bible and try to get them into, uh, you know, hopefully accepting Jesus and reading the Bible and, and understanding that it is the truth. So we have these conspiracy theorists that are all um, we're, we're trying to take the Bible and filter it to them the same way you're trying to take the Bible and filter it to these kids that are trying to understand it in, in your way that you're explaining it. I, I guess oh, I that's could, cool. Um, if you ask me who I'm trying to reach, my desire is to reach university students because, man, and you know, once it's on YouTube, it's out there for eternity, basically. Yeah, and, that's and, just, yeah, it's so just like your spirit. <laughs> right. So I have to be careful. But the universities are the source of all of the leadership that exists in the world at this time. All the world leaders went to usually some kind of university. All the economic leaders, all the engineers, all I mean, almost anybody that's involved in leadership usually gets their thinking developed while they're at the universities. And if we if I can reach them with a worldview that has a different perspective, it may be the ability to then connect to others in the world through their influence, if that makes sense. Yes. Uh, I, I think that this message, I would say it differently. When I remember when I went to the kids in the lunchroom at the university, yeah. I, don't, I don't have to mention uh, Christianity in the sense, I want to be like the John the Baptist. I had a guy that I worked with, his name is Jonathan Bull. He's at uh, Highlands University here in New, in New Mexico, in Las Vegas, New Mexico. And I went with him and worked with him for a couple of years now. And I would go to the lunch rooms, the dining rooms, and then say, are you, is there anybody interested in what I just told you? Would you like to know more about it? So they would give me their e names and emails and phone numbers. Then he would follow up with them. And then he brings them to the Lord and mentors them and disciples them. Because I believe in something called relational evangelism. And that is that you shouldn't, you should, I, I don't want to use the word should. It's best to not have a baby you know, who is born and left to fend for himself. Mm -hmm. It's best when you have a baby and then parents raise them. Mm -hmm. So I think in much a similar way, if you lead someone to an understanding, you then need to mentor that person and disciple them in the word so that they're not just living by their emotions, but they're developing a deep foundation of their faith, of why they believe what they believe but it requires a relationship because here's the one thing that I've come to the conclusion. It does no good to give someone a solution to a question that they don't ask. Mm. So if you know, Jesus, he, he healed people who were sick, who wanted to be healed. He fed people that were hungry. He reached out to people who were lonely. Only when someone cares enough about you to tell you their needs will they care enough to listen to an answer mm -hmm. so you cannot tell people about god if they're not interested in god if they're just selfish and they're living for their five physical senses 
they at that point in their life are not interested in anything other than just pleasing themselves. The, uh, the prodigal son, it said, had to come to his senses, yeah. the end of his rope. We all have to come to some area in our life where there's a need. You did, I did. My need was I did not know how to love another person. I know that sounds weird, but where do you learn how to do that? You know, you watch your parents, uh, you live around other people. But what I found as I got older, a teenager, and I got close to someone, all of their little idiosyncrasies really irritated me. Mm. I got to the point where I didn't like the way they ate. I didn't like the way they chewed their food. I didn't like, they did things wrong all the, everything was wrong. Just do it the way I want you to do it. And then I thought about that. I go, man, what kind of life is that? That's awful. You got the virus right there for sure. Yeah. And I, so, you know, I cried out to God. I said, man, you've got to help me because I need, I need something inside of me that's going to change me and make me so that I can care about others more than I care about myself. Because right now, the only person I care about is me. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that's going to be a lonely life. So, you know, I'm a high schooler my senior year. And I said, I, I, I need love. And if you think about it, what's interesting about love and faith and hope and things like that is we cannot scientifically measure that. We have no instruments that measures love. But yet we know, and even these scientists who live in Los Alamos, if I ask them, is love real? Do you, you know, a lot of them have families. Do you love your children? Oh, yes. Do you love your, oh, yes. Well, how do you know love is real? You can't physically measure it. You don't have any scientific instruments, but you know it's real. And so I say to them, clearly, there are elements of this world that are beyond scientific measurement. But what we can do is use science to lead us to the fact that when we get to the point we can no longer measure something, that's when the theory comes in. That's when we try to link everything together. And that's what I do is I say, look, there's something inherently wrong with humanity. We are corrupted to our core. We are selfish at our very foundation. We are destined for destruction. And only when people see that they're corrupted, that they're doomed, are they even interested in an answer. And that's why I talk about the virus, because you first have to recognize there's a problem before you're ever interested in a solution. And I want to go to universities, be kind of like a John the Baptist guy, not directly talk about Jesus himself in the same way, but lead people to other people who will have relationships with them and disciple them as I leave and go to other universities and other places all around the world. But this message, I think, is so powerful. I think I can, I can go to um, China. And I think I can go to you know, communist countries. I think I can go to Muslim countries because I can confine it within the realm of science and get them to ask the questions. And if they're asking the right questions, then the solutions may mean something to them. But it, so that's the people I'm trying to reach. I think gamers are interested once they see the movie. Uh, some of the movies that I think have 
um, some level of uh, truth to them. A lot of it is counterfeit. Uh, are movies like Ready Player One? Obviously, yeah. Jason would know about that. No, 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 no. I was just, I was just. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't, I don't, I don't watch Ready Player One. But I'm just saying, like, I, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, but I want to add a question. Was so. The Ready Player One is one of the movies. Even I'll talk to you about Free Guy at some point. Oh, uh, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Another simulation type of type movie. But what I what I was going to ask you before that, um, so the code the, the code that's in the the code the virus in people, right? Like let's say let's take Jeffrey Dahmer, right? As as a child, he was born. So he's born with this with this this code. Okay, so what makes him flip that code into something more than just, you know, makes him act on it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I hear you. Let me back up though and say, um, first, you know, there's a virus scientifically, you know, that a virus comes after the organism. Um, a virus is a parasite. It uses the organism to replicate itself. The virus can't exist first. First, the organism existed. So the Bible indicates clearly that first this world was programmed good. Then there was a virus. And now the virus uses the organisms to replicate itself and it extends its influence. So with Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, we have to first say that human, here's, here's, there's two classifications. This is not dualism because there's a transitionary process in between. Remember how I use light and I dark and I use symmetry and asymmetry? They'll, somebody might say, oh, you, you're a dualist. No, because a, a majority of the world is kind of like in between. If you want to talk about ratios, it says a third of the angels fell, right? Yes. That means two thirds of them didn't fall. Well, they were perfect. But if you look at humanity, you look at a third of this world, and this is statistically what I would say, a third of the world is going straight to hell in a handbasket. They're so selfish. They're so mean. They're so nasty. There's no hope of redemption for them. They're there really, is, there isn't. Yes, yes, I understand that. Then you got another third of the world who are people that are looking for something better. They're looking for something better. They know that love is real. They, they can tell in their heart. They're willing to admit that they're selfish. Those third of the people, they're going to get saved regardless. They're because God's going to reach to them and they're interested in and, and he's going to connect with them. But then you got a third in the middle and those third go back and forth. Sometimes cool. they're evil. Yeah, they're hot. They're hot and sometimes they're, they're good. Sometimes, you know, they're lukewarm. Yep. That seems to be that ratio applies to everything. Between light and dark, you've got the gray area. Between symmetry and asymmetry, you've got the mix. We live in that transitory world right now where we're being pulled at any given moment. For Howard, can, I ask, can I ask you a question? So yeah. is, the, is the way that you explain this, is that how you literally think? Or you just explain it like this as a metaphor to get people to get to come to Jesus? Like, you, do you really believe that it's that it's a it's a it's a um, it is a simulation? Or do you just use all this stuff to explain and bring people to God? I believe it's an analogy. Okay, but I honestly do believe that there it, it's consistent. Yeah. If there's code at the information level. My my research indicates that this code is super small, 
smaller than Planck's constant, which is 10 to the minus 35 meters. Yeah. Um, you can't measure it. And that code, so the, there are theories called string theory, for example. Mm, yeah, string. Um, yeah. Chuck Missler talked about this. Yeah. You, can, you can only fold something to, or you can only come down to like a, like, what is it? I don't even know. You got to tell you can't us. Fold, you can't, you can, like, you can't, uh, it comes to a point where you can't fold in well, half. No, it, it lacks locality. Listen, yeah. I'm going to tell you a very interesting, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a very interesting thing. And I don't know if you're going to, you have a lot of wackos on your program. So just put me in the category with him. So I am the guy that listens to Chuck Missler. This is my opinion. Uh -huh. More intently, I'm going to say this, and people can argue with me if they want, more intently than I believe anyone else in the entire world. He would make a sentence, and I would study that sentence for an entire week. Me too. I have, I have, literally, thing, I have literally listened to one of his programs more than a hundred times yeah. over and over and over and stop wow. it. And then listen over. And you know what I, when he, I wanted to meet him and I didn't get a chance to meet him before he passed away. And I prayed about this and I said, just like Elijah and Elijah, you remember the story, yes, Elijah, yes, he yes, said Eli he yep. wanted that mantle. mantle that yeah. He, you wanted the mantle. Yeah. I asked for it. I asked for it. Mm. And I believe that it was given to me because I could not have these insights on my own. They are, they are so far beyond me. It is unbelievable. I listen to my own stuff over and over and over again because it's like Chuck Missler stuff. There's so much word in it. You cannot possibly get it all just at one time. Nope. You literally have to listen to it no. hundreds of That's times. Yeah. We're, we're sitting here listening to what you're saying. And, and it's like, and like, I'm not, I mean, I'm like a, a military uh, minded. Uh, I work out. I'm not like, a, you know, scientific minded all the way. So when you're explaining this to us, I'm trying to break it down in deep thought. But yeah, I'm going to have to listen to this podcast over and over again to get it fully grasp it, though. But I, I uh, we love Chuck Missler and I'm the same way, bro. Like, I think he, um, he explains the Bible better than anybody else that, I, that I've ever heard. Oh, he's one of the smartest men, in my opinion, that's ever lived on the face of this earth. Yeah. Well, amen to that, Howard. I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, your stock just went up in my book, dude, big time right there. <laughs> <laughs> me, me and my brother, uh, we, we, that we listen to Chuck Missler a lot, but you know what? All glory to God, you know, for giving him that type of mind and, and all glory to God for giving him uh, you that type of mind, you know? We need that. We need people on our side, man. We need Christians that that are that are that are intricate, uh, smart, intelligent, knowledgeable, and to be able to break this stuff down. You know, so I'm glad that that, that you're on our side. You know, and, well, thanks. Uh, now the main goal of this, and I want to make this very clear, it is not intelligence. Okay. It, this is not a Gnostic gospel. This no. is a gospel that emphasizes selfless, selfless love, meaning that. You live for something greater than yourself. Yes. And it's very easy to distinguish between selfishness and selflessness if you understand that when you live in a way that benefits others, that is different than living in a way that benefits just yourself. It doesn't mean that you don't take care of yourself. It doesn't mean that you don't work out. It doesn't mean that you don't eat the right food. But what it does mean 
is your purpose in exercising, your purpose in eating, right? Your purpose in all, so that you can be healthy to do the things that help others. Yes, uh, I think also if your purpose. Your purpose should be this. Uh, another well, and and do what God wants you to do. Ultimately, to trust Him. Or you can use the working out and everything you mentioned right now as as discipline to help you in your walk with God, so that you can, you know, so you can, you know, your flesh, you know, it's flesh versus the spirit, obviously, all the t- at all times. So when you wake up in the morning at four o'clock in the morning, your 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 flesh is like, go back to sleep, Josh. Go back to sleep. I don't want you to work out. And then what yeah. your spirit is saying is get up and go work out, you know, and, and I think it helps with the discipline and it helps you with your walk. So that way you can be a better example for other people as well. You know, so when, when Satan's tempting you, you're able to overcome it a little better, I think. So I think it helps in your walk as well. So yeah. And when, definitely. and when you're, and when you're showing that uh, you're, you're showing that outwards to people that you are, living selfless and you are serving others all the time other people see that and they go wow what is that guy's what is what does that guy do what is, what is he into what is he what, what how does this make him this way because people want that people they i know it's a sin but they envy that some people people at my work i'm a pretty positive guy and i'm never really negative i don't get negative at work because it is like a cancer it's, it just it just spreads and they go man you are so positive. How is it? How is that? How is it? And I, and I say, Hey, you want to really know it's not, it's not yoga. It's not, it's not, you know, alcohol. It's not this, it's not that it's not women. It's, it's, it's the Bible. It's, it's actually really digging deep, finding the underlying messages, the remezes, if you would say in the Bible, the, the, just, just, there's a lot of little things in there when you go over any type of verse you could find and you could, you could break it down scientifically, you know, and, and find things in there that, that people don't really see. And how it's all awesome. great. That cough that you have, that little thing that you have, I, I had that for an entire like week, like exactly what you're doing right now. That little, that little. Yeah. Cough. <laughs> I'm, so I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting better. Saying, you get better right now, man, because I, I had that. No, and, and, it, and it bugs, but but Father God, in the name of Jesus, please heal Howard of that cough. Take it away, Lord, in Jesus' name. I'm sorry, I just I, wanted to say that. I receive it. Hey, so so let me say uh, something that's really important. So I listen to um, podcasts about different uh, Christian speakers and Christian presenters, and one of them that's very controversial is Joel Olstey, because yes. he has been. Uh, on programs and they said um, is Jesus the only way to heaven and I I have a unique answer for that uh, that I think is very important that people could consider and I say it like this I go you know before we even talk about Jesus let's just talk about God in the sense you know and if I want to call him the universal programmer okay but let's just talk about God I said if there is this God, and if he has a program for your life, the big issue is, would you be willing to trust him? Just before we even get to Bible, Jesus, Christianity, before we even get there, in a very general term, if God has a plan for you, would you be willing to trust him and do his plan? Or do you want to do your plan? His will. Yeah, because if you're not even willing to do what God wants in a general sense, 
and you're not willing to trust him that he has a plan for you, and you're not willing to live for that plan that he has, forget the other stuff. Forget it. It is unimportant because you're already going to get washed out. <laughs> Sorry, and I'll tell him you're going to get washed out because you're a selfish person. You don't, and, I, and this sounds kind of mean, and Joel wouldn't say it. I say, you don't deserve to go to a place where the other people are all willing to trust the programmer and are all willing to do whatever he says. And they all want to live in peace and harmony and love. And they don't want to be selfish at all. And you want to come in there with your, and I go, I know, I'm that, I, I'm that person too. I don't deserve to go to that place. I didn't deserve to go to that place. I asked for him to swap out my operating system. Jesus was the programmer who took out and put back in this love. I go, if you are anywhere interested in God and you're not willing to accept Jesus, you're not really interested in God because Jesus is only god in loving form i said so you can say whatever you want but i'm going to be more honest and say there are people they do not deserve to go to heaven sorry period they're so mean they're so nasty they're so hateful they're so selfish they are so corrupted you talk about the jeffrey Dahmers. they are hacked it's the same thing as when a computer is so filled with a virus you can't even use it for anything. Well, it I would say I would, I would say that because uh, obviously Joel Osteen is is you know he's like <laughs> I know how he is, but uh, <laughs> when he's doing that, he's he, he's being selfish in the way of he's leading other people to hell. You know, what well, I'm he saying? wants to be nice. Uh, listen, I like Joel. I you love be nice as you Joel. want. You know, yeah, the devil I, comes listen, and nice. I, as you I, want. I can say this unequivocally. I love Joel Osteen. And uh, my wife and I pray for him and his family. We love him. That doesn't change the fact that he's trying to be nice with everyone. And there are people that you cannot be nice if you're not willing to tell them the truth. The truth requires sometimes for you to tell people you're not a nice person. Yeah. And you don't deserve to go to any place with the rest of those other people who want to be nice. I mean, you just flat out have to tell it like it is. He's I want just the doctor. I want the doctor to tell me I have cancer, stage four cancer. There, I don't want him. I don't want to tell me, "Hey, you're fine. Go home. Take some Midol. You'll be okay." Well, I want I the truth straight to my face. I don't, I want to know what's going on, not to be lied to until the last second. Yeah, because then it's well, too late. I, but do you understand? I'm saying that you can yes. love someone and not agree with them and think that they're doing saying something wrong. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not mean to the guy. Uh, if I ever saw him, I would give him big hugs. But I would definitely tell him, brother, you need to tell people there's a virus because they're hacked, and yeah. they're so hacked they're of no good to anyone, not even themselves. They're their own worst enemy. Yeah. If you think about it, if if there was a light that was so bright, and you guys know what this is like. I don't know, you're probably, you're all young and everything, but I'm at the point when I see headlights, bright wow. lights coming on the highway, they bug the crap out of me. I have those night light, you know, lenses mm. I put on. 
I actually drive sometimes with the visor. I'm on a freeway, right? The visor is like this, so I can't see the trucks and the cars with the bright lights, but I can see down the road this way because it's so disturbing. Yeah. Well, can you imagine we're in darkness and a light shines so brightly? We're not going to want to look at it. We're not going to want to be, we're going to cower away from it. We will send ourselves straight to quarantine, if you know what I mean. Because we're like, you can't deal with it. And that's the message that I think we need to talk about. That's what the virus and the code of everything is, that there is truly this, a part of this world and everything in it is destined for destruction and we're all corrupted unless we get the antivirus. I, so, I, you know, I, to tell Joel's, Joel's uh, Olstein's story, I would say, no, Joel, tell everybody they need the antivirus. And if they don't have the antivirus, they can't pass through the filter. Well, good thing that we're saved by grace, you know, be, you know, by the grace of God, you know, through faith, you know, not by works. So here's the thing. I think that we're going to be surprised, though, Howard and Jason. I think we're going to be surprised, though, who makes it to heaven and who, you know, if we if we end up making it to heaven, which I, I, I hope we do, you know, and, and I know the way we're following the Bible in a way that we can. But I'm just saying that we're going to be surprised who does make it to heaven. There could be some people that you would think there's no way I thought that person could make it to heaven, even the Jeffrey Dahmer, bro. Who, who no, not, <clears throat> well, Josh, you have to understand though, like, yes, understand we're going mean. to be amazed by people who made it to heaven. But if you're leading, if you're spreading a doctrine, oh, you're talking about Joel, not the truth. Spread? Yes. That's what I'm saying. You're not, you're being selfish because you're only using your own. I'm like Howard. I don't want to sit here and, and, and disrespect. Jeffrey Dunn ain't going to be in heaven. I'm not, I'm not saying that, dude. Okay. And unless he repented in the last second, but who knows? I'm just telling you, uh, I, I don't want to. The whole Joel Steen stuff, the whole prosperity gospel, the whole, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't even like to you want a pop school. Yeah, I'll break a pop school. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I do want it. I do think Joel is ignorant of the science of corruption. I, I think he's ignorant. I hope that I get a chance to talk to him someday and correct him and say, Joel, there is a virus and it completely corrupts people. And unless they get the antivirus, and swap out their operations, they, they're not allowed scientifically past this filter. The doctor can't allow the samples to be contaminated. He can't allow it. It's not scientifically possible. I think he just doesn't understand. That's my point. Is he I, think how, I think I'm not going to see. I didn't want to talk bad about him. I think he does understand. And I think that what he does is he's trying to attract people's money. And I think he's trying to get that, you know, he's just trying to attract money and he wants prosperity. So he wants people to give him money in return. They're going to receive money from God in his eyes. So I think he does understand. I think he studied the Bible plenty and I think he knows about all this stuff. I think that he has a different, um, I think he has a different set of goals in getting people and, and maybe he is saving people in the process. And if he is, Hey, thank God. Uh, that's, that's, you know, Thank God he is, but I think he just is, has, the devil has a hold of him in a way, I think, where he's Well, just, I would call that he is hacked to yeah. a certain extent. And I pray too, I pray in Jesus' name that, that he does not stop doing that, because he does have a, a huge audience, he's, he's at a Houston Rockets stadium, and he has people that are listening to him. So I wish, you know, I hope, I pray in Jesus' name that he, you know, that he he does wake up sometime, you know, and I, and I you gotta preach the cross, dude. You can't just preach prosperity. You can't just go through it. Like, 
hey, tithing, give me your 10%, and God will give it, and we'll overflow well, cups, man. Well, do that. Jason, just, you're bringing, Jason, you're bringing up a good point. So the vice theory talks about, remember, a third, a third, a third? Yes. Every time you talk, you have to say one third, what is wrong? One third, what is right, what you need, where you will, where you can be, and one third, what you need to do to get there. So if you only preach this one third, you're not preaching the other two thirds. You're not giving them the complete gospel. Yes. And, yes. and that complete gospel is necessary. That's called redemption. Redemption includes the idea that you're corrupted and you have to be purchased back. Yeah. And so that and everything we do in all our music, in all our songs, in all our podcasts, in all our books, in all our scientific theory, we have to have redemption as part of that. And that includes the fact we're destined for corruption. We can be changed, but we have to make a decision of where we will go when we trust the source of the redemption or the redeemer. Yeah. That has to be in everything. There are some Christian movies where 99% of the movie is all secular there's killing, there's violence. And then you ask the, the I, I know a guy, he's a Christian producer. He wanted to help me and he's famous. And if I mentioned his name, you'd know him and you'd know his movies. And I said, no, because he does not understand this redemption, the ratio of redemption. And his movies are all 99% all just secular. No and then he has one little sliver at the end. Yeah. And I'm like, that that's a Christian a all they, do, all they do is just like this is the same thing in christian rap or you know what they do is they'll say jesus so then everyone goes and they don't cuss so they're like okay perfect that's a christian rapper but it's 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 not i don't think you know i don't think you can just say jesus and that's it you know so i agree howard it's a water well, a, lot, a lot of christian music out there right now the doesn't water, even speak about the word they just, they down, hold on jason it's a watered down version of 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 actually a christian song you know it's not it's so i agree with you howard um, I'm not sure who you were talking about right now, but yeah, um, uh, it, it, it does happen. You know, well, you can't. I will say this. I am saying no to lots of people who want to take this and turn it into a movie. I live not very far from the Netflix studio. Okay. Netflix has a studio in Albuquerque. Uh, I just took my daughter to her first Comic Con because I wanted to know what it was like as well. And I had a chance to talk to these Hollywood types, right? Yeah. God has told me, no, I don't want those Hollywood types taking this message and distorting it. I Have you ever heard of the movie McFarlane USA with Kevin Costner with those migrant farm cross-country runners from California? No. It's a Disney movie. Anyways, I encourage you to watch it. So I watched this movie. And inside, it came out in 2015, inside my heart, my spirit, I told my daughters, because I love coach movies. I used to be a football coach at mm -hmm. Christian High School. Um, I, almost any coaching movie, uh, all of those stories, is I, I like, I like to, to make you feel good. Yeah, it's yeah I like, like to watch coaching stories. So I told my daughters, I said, something's missing in this movie. The kids went like this. And I said, nah, it's not a Roman Catholic thing. That's, there's something else going on. So at the end of the movie, the credits, it said one of the runners, Danny Diaz, is a counselor at McFarland High School. 
And so I got on the phone and I called McFarland High School and I said, may I speak to Danny Diaz, please? I said, uh, Danny, I watched the movie for the first time, really enjoyed it, but I know there's more to that movie than Disney would let you guys portray, isn't there? He goes, you're right. I go, "Can I'm passing through your area. Can I visit with you? He goes, oh yeah. Mm. He, 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 we set up a time. He, he gives us a tour of the high school. He, he lets us, uh, he tells us about the town. He, 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 we ended up going through there every a couple of months. I ended up going church with them. I, wow. I found out that these guys were evangelicals and their parents loved the Lord. And it's God, the coach was a, a Christian evangelical too. And it was God that gave them the miracle power to win against all the other more big, powerful schools in California. It was a direct yeah. miracle. And they left that out. Yes, they left that out. And and I asked, I told, I told, I told Danny Diaz, I said, you know, Danny, there's a reason why I met you. I said, because I'm getting ready to release writing my books and release it into movies. And he said, you're right. I'm here to tell you, don't trust Hollywood. They yes. took our movie and yeah. they left the most important part out of it. They didn't and give so, glory to God, bro. They didn't give exactly. glory to God. And, and that's terrible. So I have people come my way that say, hey, you know, they see my stuff. They see that, you know, I'm still a working stiff and it's not all fancy and it's not all, you know what I mean? I don't have all this great production. And they're like, oh, we'll help you, bro. We'll do this for you. And then I look at their life. I'm not being mean. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm better than anyone else, anybody else. But I look at someone's life. And if your life isn't in order, if your social life, your financial life, your physical life, your mental life, your, you know what I'm trying to say, your spiritual life, if they're not all at least growing, going forward, moving at the same rate, your life is out of kilter. That's not the person to trust, not with something that's God's message. For and sure. so I'm at a point now where I'm very careful who I take, who I'm on shows or whoever I'm with. I'm, just, you know, I'm praying about everything. And Ken, uh, Ken's on a lot more crazy shows than, than uh, I, I don't think I'd be on half of those shows, but he has a different, he has a different message and yeah. that's okay. But my point is, is that I'm at a point saying no, right now, this is a time to say no, because uh, God's going to release this in his time, but you guys are a part of this transition process and, uh, and you know, different people that I don't know, but to get back to your point, Jason, I don't like the word simulation the same way I don't like the word intelligent design. I will never use intelligent design because, in, first of all, intelligent design has already been labeled as Christianized pseudoscience. I prefer the, to use the word coding and coder because code is actually the object. Remember, Jason, you said that the code has no weight or mass. Yeah. When you have intelligent design, you still can use evolutionary processes to take the design to make it a reality, if that makes sense. Yeah. But the code is actually the real thing. It is actually the reality. And so I prefer to use terms that cannot be distorted, if that makes sense. 
because they're purely scientific and technological terms. I don't think God falls off his throne. You know, I, I don't call him Beelzebub. Do you know what I mean? That's the difference. But if I say he's the universal programmer and he programmed everything, I, I kind of think that that's maybe what he did. But that doesn't mean that I think any less of him, if that makes sense. And I obviously don't have a problem with the Bible, if mm. that also makes sense either. Oh, so yeah. I hold those same things in dynamic. But the word simulation tends to be have a very kind of strange connotation to it. Mm. Uh, but but yeah. I do I do think that he programmed this world. I laugh at people when they say, you know, the Bible is uh, just a bunch of stories. And I go, oh, yeah, I bet you walk into your house and you say, Alexa, let there be light. <laughs> yeah. I go, and you're just a person. You, yeah. I go, so what is the big deal in saying let there be light? <laughs> and the word is just a code and it's just the interface that's used to, to, to make things. I go, it's not that big of a deal. I go, we're the ones who are ignorant and the interface and how it functions. It's not the other way around. Yeah. So does that answer your theory? Your, oh, I mean, yeah, no, your no, I'm just, uh, I, I, I like where you're going on stuff. It's pretty interesting. I'm super, super, like, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm in tune right now. I'm just listening to everything you're saying. And I, and I agree. I agree. I, I totally do. Yeah. The, the stuff that I have, my SoundCloud and the other YouTube stuff, that'll make more sense now that we've had this conversation. It'll yep. make sense. I was listening and I, I think the sound was a little off on one of the videos. I think the two hour one. So I was like, I was trying to get to the point where it wasn't like uh, cutting in and out, but I'm going to check out all the SoundCloud stuff that you have. Um, is there, we're, we're running up, we're about an hour and 20, I think into the to podcast. Um, oh, really? Uh, I didn't think of that at all. Because Howard's been crushing it. This <clears throat> So Howard, is there is there anything you can leave the the people with a way for them to get a hold of you, a way for them to to I mean, is there any in the future for your release date? Is there any books that they can get? Can you please tell our audience how they can get a hold of you and how they can um, get a hold of your your research? You know, right now um, I do have a SoundCloud channel, and you just go to Web Globix, W E B G L O B I X Web Globix. And you'll see my stuff. Uh, you can do uh, a virus in the code of everything, the vice theory um, uh, on YouTube, and you can find my stuff. Uh, as I push some stuff out, I will hope to connect with you guys. And then you guys can, uh, maybe we can do a little show specifically on that because there's a, a lot more to this, obviously. And, yes. uh, and you guys could categorize those shows by those you know, those particular elements. Um, but right now, I, I, you know, we're, this thing is going to grow and we're attracting only the certain kind of people. I'm really only looking for, you know, Jesus had 12 disciples and one of them was a traitor. I'm not looking for disciples, but I'm looking for inner circle, if you know what I'm saying. I got three guys now. I'm trying to expand it to 10 guys. That's going to be the core of men that work with me because I also need to be protected. At some point, you know, the enemy goes from oppressing me to corrupting me. Yeah. And I've already been through that process. I told you I've had three careers. Yeah. I've had enough success to know how that works. 
And you got to be surrounded by good, godly men to keep you on the right track. If you know anything about Rabbi Zacharias, the dude, he lost his way because he didn't like the accountability and he needed that protection. And we all need that. All of us. Oh, I was going to tell you about the two, the two uh, predominant philosophies. So either you believe men are, are inherently good mm-hmm. or you believe men are inherently corrupted. And when you look at this country and the founding of this country, the reason why we have a legislative branch, a judicial branch and an executive branch is for accountability. Interesting, that's three. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it creates accountability that we all need. If you think that we're all good, then you just want to have all the other people that think like you. If you think that people are inherently corrupted, then you know they need redemption. Those two philosophies are at odds in the world today. And if you look at who's in charge of this country, if you look at who's in charge of this uh, global corporate governments, you'll see that those two philosophies are competing their head, they're at loggerheads with each other. And the one that says that they believe people are inherently good, they're willing to and I know it sounds crazy. They're willing to kill these other people. And that's the scary part. And that's why we have to kind of like coalesce and stay together and stay protected. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I totally agree. When you really, really dig deep on those people that are uh, that think people are inherently good or the people that are actually running the show, it, it gets really, really interesting and deep. Does it run, not one good. There's not, not one good not one of them. Not one of yeah. them is good. Not one. So yeah. that's pretty. It's the truth right there. None of it. Man is evil at heart. His heart is evil. And that's why you need a new heart, yeah. a new transformation. You need to be, like you said, redeemed, redeemed in the kinsman redeemer to come and redeem you. Let's go. All right. So Howard, we appreciate you coming on the show. Um, thank you so much. And if you want to be on the show again, or if you have a new idea or anything, yeah, you're welcome to come on the show anytime. You know, we, we love it. You know, uh, we love having a Christian brother come on the show and, and break this stuff down like this. So um, All right, man. we always end the show in prayer. So let me go ahead and pray for you and 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 your everything you have going. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, um, thank you so much for a clear connection. Thank you for um, introducing us to Ken Amney and then him introducing us to Howard. Uh, we pray in Jesus's name that you get... Um, you know, it, it's your will. Let it be done. You know, that, that he, that he does complete his movie and, uh, he brings people closer to you, Lord. That's our, our whole goal, you know, is to bring people closer to you, get people saved. Um, hopefully these corrupted people and everybody that does have the virus and that he's speaking of, or the sin that's in them, Lord, uh, you know, help people to, to, um, to be saved by your grace and, and help people to get faith in you, Lord. That's what we need. And, um, we appreciate everything you do for us. And thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks guys. Thank you, Howard. I really appreciate it. And Jason, thank you. I know that you've been working overtime and uh, thanks for jumping on again, bro. I love no, you. Man, no, man. Right, right on, bro. It was awesome. All right, man. Good, job. Good job, Howard. Thank you for everything. Thank, thank you, you for the, You brought a scientific view of the Bible that, uh, that I wasn't even thinking about that, that, uh, cause you keep speaking it and speaking it and speaking it. You don't, you don't, and I'm listening. I'm like, okay, well, I kind of like that. It's pretty cool that you can bring into a kind of, kind of, kind of like a, as, as 
more not like the matrix but you're you're using it as a uh a more godly view of it and you want to and i hope to god and i pray to god that somebody you pro that god sends somebody to you that that is is that is that one that says okay you're like yes to you know yes no more no's and get a yes out of somebody because that'd be cool man I'd, I'd like to see where you go with this yeah well i'd like to see some games develop virtual reality games can you imagine uh, a game that leads people to god through the realization of uh what the truth is i mean that we just don't have any of that the church is so far behind in technology I agree. that uh, i need a whole bunch of guys who are willing to like go forward and to redeem technology it's it it's going to be so amazing so awesome so if you guys know of anybody you say man you got to connect with this guy well because like you said the bible is because some people in other countries can't get this and read it they don't have it but you if you get you get but the internet's almost everywhere so you get used to technology it can be used in really bad ways and it can be used in really good ways and if you're using it for good I think that's that's pretty cool because you can reach a lot more people with this, and instead of uh, and, and and not be so limited with with just with just the word, because some people just they don't like to sit down and read books, or they don't like to sit down and do research. They want the like you said, they want the easy answer. They want the answer easy for them and be all right, cool, it's done. I already got the answer to everything. <laughs> but you got to dig in deeper by yourself, and, and this brings you closer to God. So how that's always look at stuff. If it brings me farther away from it, then you know, I kind of want to steer clear from that. For sure. Well, thank you so much again. Send me all your stuff in an email, links and everything. I will definitely. Oh, right on, man. Thank you. Thank you so much, brother.